0: Good morning church. <laughs> I'm not from Wimberley, but I will tell you what, it's made the news, it's made its way all the way up to Pflugerville. How about those Wimberley Texans? <laughs> Man, I mean state playoffs. That's that's a Texas-wide news. Everybody's hearing about that. Open your Bibles with me this morning to Luke chapter 2 verse 7. We've begun our celebration of Christmas season, and we're enjoying it. Um, We've opted not to get heavy, heavy, heavy in our study of Christmas, but rather to look at some of the basic elements uh, that surround Christmas. We started last week by looking at Christmas decorations. Where we arrived was our lives are intended to decorate Jesus at Christmas, not the other way around. Jesus is not intended to decorate our lives at Christmas. We're to allow Jesus to take center stage at Christmas, and we form the backdrop to that. Culture, I'm afraid, has got it the other way around, and that is that we take center stage, and we want Jesus to be a backdrop. And we just decided last week that's not at all what we want, not at all what we and 10. This morning, we're going to look at Christmas trees. And the thing I want us to understand this morning is this the Christmas tree divides all of humanity into two groups. And this morning, we're going to focus on one of those and make sure we're in the right group. Make sure we're in the right group. Christmas trees. Big part of Christmas. These appear on the stage are beautiful. So many wonderful stories revolving around Christmas trees. Like Miss Jessica Monroe, mother of eight children, sent this story to Reader's Digest. She came home from grocery shopping one December afternoon. It was coming up on Christmas. Normal day, except she determined that the house was unusually quiet. So she put her groceries down on the table and kind of peeked in the living room. She has eight children, by the way. Five of her eight children were gathered around the Christmas tree playing with something. Now, she just assumed from a distance that they had uh, opened some of their Christmas gifts prematurely and were playing with those gifts. So she walked in rather abruptly and then stopped frozen, terrified, because five of her little darlings were all playing with five beautiful, adorable baby skunks. (laughs) And she screamed out, oh no, children, run! And so each of the five children jumped up, grabbed their skunk, and ran in five different directions in the house. She just kept screaming and kept screaming, and each of the five children squeezed their skunks. And she said they, delivered some, they discovered something very important that day. Skunks don't like to be squeezed. Can you imagine? I read about another lady who had a Christmas tree-related experience. <laughs> she called 911. 911. And the operator answered, and she said, Oh, please, I need help. My Christmas tree is on fire. And the lady 911 operator said, We'll send someone out there right away. How do we get there? And the woman was confused, and she paused for a moment. She said, Oh, I don't know. Don't you have one of those large red trucks you can can drive? (laughs) Christmas trees. Big part of Christmas, whenever we think of Christmas, one of the first images that comes to our mind is the Christmas tree, and that's okay because the Christmas tree divides us, humanity, into two groups. We want to look at it today and make sure we're in the right group. Let's follow the same pattern we did last Sunday and look first at today's Christmas trees. Where did the idea of Christmas trees as we know them today come from? Well, the truth is, no one really knows. A couple of possibilities. Christmas trees may have started in northern Germany. One legend claims that the first Christmas tree was shown to an English bishop named Boniface in a miracle in the early 700s. According to the legend, One day while Boniface was doing his missionary work in northern Germany, he came upon a group of heathens at an oak tree in Geismar. They were preparing to sacrifice Little Prince Asphalt to Thor, their god of thunder. Boniface stopped the sacrifice, cut down the oak tree. As the oak tree fell, according to the legend, a young fir tree supposedly spontaneously sprung up in its place. And Boniface told the people that the fir tree was the tree of life and it represented Christ. So that every year after that, according to the legend, on Christmas, they put up a little fir tree representing Christ at Christmas. That's the legend. I don't don't believe that. Today's Christmas trees probably started in pre-Christian Scandinavia. The Scandinavians once worshipped trees. When they embraced Christianity, they made the evergreen tree part of their Christmas Christian festivals. Soon the evergreen became a part of Christmas celebration there. And as other cultures embraced the practice, it evolved into the Christmas icon that it has become today. Now, that's probably, probably closer to the truth. Linda. My wife is allergic to Christmas trees. She's okay as long as they remain outdoors, but they really mess her up if we bring them inside. So we use artificial Christmas trees. I like, I like artificial Christmas trees. I can take it out of the box. It's the perfect height, perfect shape. Don't have to worry about bald spots. She's not allergic to it. It only takes about 30 minutes, and there we have a perfect tree. I see that you all follow the same, same philosophy here. When I was a boy, we had to find and cut down our own Christmas trees. And some of you were saying, oh, you must have grown up in the Stone Age. It was, it was a huge hassle, as I recall, because we wanted to find the perfect shape. We wanted to find the perfect height and the perfect shape. I was over at my best friend's house, Jerry Lehman, uh, one afternoon as Christmas approached, wrong place, wrong time. And his dad came in and said, boys, Steve, Jerry, I need for you guys to go out and find us a Christmas tree. Oh, uh, it was a miserable day. It was cold, and damp, windy, getting close to dusk. We didn't want to do it. Had a bad attitude. We left the house, went out about oh, a half mile, three quarters of a mile from the house. And we found the perfect tree, just the right height just the right shape we cut it down again bad attitude we grabbed hold of the base of it two branches instead of carrying it back we dragged it back all the way back to Jerry's house by the time we got there it was bald on one side <laughs> Mr. Lehman had a fit not going to use that tree go out and get me another tree so we went out with flashlights now it's colder more windy, more damp, we found another tree, cut it down. He took the base, I took the top, and we carried it carefully back to the house. Can you imagine having to do that sort of thing these days? Nothing more festive than a beautifully decorated Christmas tree. And it's okay. Just one word of caution: Don't worship. The Christmas tree if you do you're going to be like the Scandinavians because that's what they did they worshiped the Christmas tree but with all of its bright lights and beautiful ornaments and colorful decorations and exciting gifts if we're not careful the Christmas tree will become the central focus of our Christmas and I'm just telling you folks as followers of Christ Jesus we don't want to do that we don't want to do that today is Christmas trees Now let's look at the first Christmas trees. Chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verse 7. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough. Now that's uh, the same word that's translated manger. Manger. Verse 12. This will be assigned to you. This is the angel speaking to the shepherds. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and lying in a manger. There again, the same word, same Greek word, fetni. Verse 16. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. Three times that word is used to describe the place where Mary and Joseph laid baby Jesus. I want to suggest to you that the first Christmas tree was this little wooden feed trough. It had once been a tree, not a prominent tree, not an impressive tree, just one of the many thousands of, of little trees, not very impressive. Larger trees, impressive trees, used for furniture or other noble purposes. This tree was not one of them. This was probably just a little scrub of a tree, just enough of a tree to produce a few planks of wood. All it had to do was hold the hay high enough off the ground, not to get wet, and close enough so the livestock could eat it without making a fuss. A lowly job. There was normally nothing special about this tree. No one sat in front of it. No one decorated it. No one sang songs around it. No one recognized it in any way or paid much attention to it at all. Until this night. On this night it became truly special. On this night, it became the center of the universe. On this night, the glory of the Lord shone down upon it. On this night, the angels declared it to be a royal throne. On this night, the shepherds scoured Bethlehem looking for it. On this night, this little feeding trough became special. Why? Because on this night, this little scrub of a tree held the Alpha and the Omega, the author and finisher of our faith, the bread of life, the captain of our salvation, the cornerstone, the counselor, the creator of the world. On this night, this little scrub of a tree held the dayspring, the deliverer, the desire of all nations, the everlasting Father, the first and the last, the forerunner of our faith, the good shepherd, the great high priest. On this night, it held the head of the church, the Holy One of God, the horn of salvation, Emmanuel, Jehovah, the judge of Israel, the king of the Jews, the king of kings, the king of the ages. On this night, it held the Lamb of God, The light of the world, the Lion of Judah, the Lord of glory, the Messiah, the mighty God, the morning star, the only begotten Son of the living God. On this night, it held the Prince of Peace, the Redeemer, the resurrection and the life, the rose of Sharon, the Son of God, the Son of righteousness, the true vine, the way, the truth, and the life. On this night... This little scrub of a Christmas tree held Jesus, the Savior of the world. You know what? What high and majestic things God can do with the lowly scrubs of this world. We don't have to carry with us nobility. We don't have to carry with us ability. We don't have to be people of honor. All we have to be is surrendered to the God. All we have to be is, is in a position to allow God to do great things in our life. God takes the scrubs of life and does majestic and wonderful things with them. Now, let me just ask you this. Why don't we, as we approach Christmas, why don't we determine to be lowly scrubs of this life and allow the King of all eternity, to descend upon us and do majestic things with us. What do you say? If he can do it with this little tree, he can certainly do it with us. Now let's look at the most important Christmas tree. You see, on that first Christmas night, there was... There was another tree growing strong and tall. It might have watched Joseph and Mary slowly go by on their small donkey as they made their way from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The light from the star announcing Jesus' birth certainly shined down on this tree. And the wise men from the east passed in the general vicinity of this tree on their way to visit King Herod. In, in the truest sense, this tree participated in that first Christmas night. But you see, this Christmas tree didn't grow in Bethlehem. It grew on a hill outside of Jerusalem. It continued to grow for a long time. In fact, it probably grew for another 30 years until one day, because of its size and strength, it was cut down, squared, cut in half, and formed into a cross. Like the scrubby little tree from Bethlehem this tree also became the center of the universe. This tree also held the Son of God because on this tree, Jesus was crucified for our sins. In Acts 5, verse 30, as Peter and John stood in front of the Sanhedrin, they said, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had murdered, by hanging him on a tree. Jeff Griffiths writes this about a prison inmate named Buddy. As a teenage boy, after a night of drugs and alcohol, Buddy murdered his father, his brother, and a teenage friend. He was tried, convicted, and sentenced to die at age 18. While in prison, some other inmates who'd given their lives to Jesus began to tell him about God's love for him and how Jesus could forgive and save him. One night, Buddy decided to attend a chapel service. During the service, Buddy had a war waging inside him. One voice in his head kept saying to him, you're no good. God doesn't want you. There's no forgiveness or help for a person like you. But another voice in his head kept saying, come on, son. I've always loved you. At the close of the service, Buddy prayed with a counselor and trusted Jesus to forgive him and save him. Later, Buddy wrote this. For my crimes against society, I may die an old man in prison. But I stand with the Lord as a member of His church, freed of my past and assured of eternal life. My name is written in His book of life, and no man can mark out my name. For Christ is in me, old things are passed away, all things have become new." You see, that's what, makes, that's what makes the Christmas tree the most important tree in history. That's what makes the cross that which divides all of us into two groups. And our intent this morning is just to make sure we're in the right group. So let me ask you this. As we consider this the most important Christmas tree of all the ages. As we consider this this tree, the cross upon which Christ died with all our sins. On this morning when we're kind of focused upon the cross. Have you gone to Jesus thanking him for the work he did on that cross? begging Him to forgive you of your sins and turning control of your life over to Him. Have you done that? Because this tree divides all of humanity into two groups. Those who have found forgiveness in Christ Jesus by repenting and putting their faith in Him and those who have been stubborn and have not. Which group, my dear friend, are you in? The work Jesus did on that tree still holds today and we need to take advantage of it this morning bow your heads with me